Welcome back to the Service Design Podcast. I'm David Morgan. And I am Stina van Hof. And today is a bit of a special episode. Um, a bit of a bittersweet episode, actually, Stina. Yes, because we actually have some big news to tell. It's going to be the last episode that we are the host of the Service Design Podcast. Indeed it is. And today we are actually introducing two new hosts. And the first host is... Laurens. And Laurens is actually my colleague already for two years now at Night Moves. He's a service designer and also a UX researcher. He studied product development at a university in Antwerp, which I actually also did. Uh, so we were not in the same year, but I think we have met each other already while studying. And after uh, Laurens graduated, he started as a UX researcher at a company called um, Monkey Shot. And he worked there for a couple of years as a UX researcher, really focusing on the end user. And then afterwards, he yeah, transformed his uh, job to service design and he started working at Night Moves. And we've been colleagues for, uh, for two years now. Yes, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Stina. And also here is Jeroen. Uh, Jeroen, we actually met eight years ago when we worked together at an agency and did a lot of work for uh, Sony Europe. Uh, we designed uh, the community there and um, did a lot of user research. Um, and since then, you've been working as a designer and really evolving from a product designer to a service designer and even into real strategic design in the last few years. Uh, and in the meantime, you also started your own watch company, if I remember correctly. Um, just like Stina and uh, Laurence, you also graduated as a product designer in Antwerp. And that's where all three of you still live. So we have a whole Antwerp club here. Um, and recently, in uh, April this year, you started uh, at Night Moves as well. And uh, I wish you all the best luck as well hosting the podcast. Thank you, David. Thank you, Stina, for introducing the both of us and for this opportunity to make us hosts of the Service Design Podcast. And I can tell you for the both of us, we we look forward to, to actually doing this, keeping the interviews going, listening to stories from people in service design all across the world. Yeah, uh, I think we have uh, a lot of um, nice things planned, but actually for this uh, episode, we we didn't really want to make it about us. We um, we really are uh, very uh, interested in your stories as well, and I think our listeners as well. Um, so uh, if it's okay for you guys, I think it's um, it's good to kick it off with um, maybe a, a direct question, but. Yeah, David, uh, I think uh, there has been some transitioning in your life. Uh, in the meantime, you started working for uh, Colrad Group here in Belgium. So I'm really uh, interested in, uh, in how is that going for you and how, uh, how did change uh, go? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's indeed a big change. Uh, I'm no longer working at Night Moves. Um, and last December, I moved to uh, the Colrad Group, maybe for our international listeners. They are world famous in Belgium, uh, but uh, outside, uh, not so. Um, Colred um, is a, a group of different companies, and the most famous brand is a, a food retailer. It's the biggest food retailer in uh, in Belgium. Um, but they also have uh, energy and uh, bicycle shops and uh, pharmacy, lots of different things. Anyway, so. Um, it's also the scale and the size of this group that uh, kind of attracted me to uh, to go there. Uh, I was presented with an opportunity to uh, to lead the service design team, 
um, within this group and uh, really work on one hand on all the new digital services that they are really focusing on in the coming years, but also uh, working as a kind of a, a service provider within the organization uh, as uh, building out a little internal service design agency. And uh, yeah, that seemed like a too interesting a challenge to pass up. Um, I think the transition now is you, you transitioned from an agency world, uh, lots of different projects to, let's say, an in-house service designer, um, if I can use that term. Um, what for you is the, the biggest change there in day-to-day -day workings? Um, there's quite a few changes. Um, I can't say uh, it wasn't a total culture shock the first few, uh, few weeks. Uh, I was used to in an agency like Night Moves where Everybody knows each other. If you start there as a new person, everybody knows that uh, you are really welcomed and taken on by hand uh, on your first days. And yeah, that, that's a bit difficult in a huge organization like that. Yeah, there's a lot of history, a lot of processes and just figuring out how to do the simple things is sometimes a lot of work. Um, but also on the other hand, yeah, there is there's real experts for everything. There's very senior, experienced experts for any topic that, that you want to work on. And that's really interesting, having all those different people accessible, you just a phone call away. And uh, I thought that was a real uh, real big difference. And the speed is, uh, is different. Things move at a, at a slightly slower rate. <laughs> it's uh, unfortunately unavoidable. I see it as my job to try and build up that speed a bit and become a bit more agile but uh, but that's a difference i would say it sounds like you found a new challenge there as well and i'm wondering did you still recognize yourself working from an agency like night moves in a new agency that you're actually shaping yourself as well so i i am taking a lot of the things that i learned here at night moves of course and taking them to to there i think uh the way we create time to just reflect on our own way of working. Uh, that's not something that was in the culture, in, in the team when I started. Um, the way we plan ahead uh, and uh, make sure that, you know, we, we don't get overloaded with work, that we try not to do too many things at the same time. I think I'm taking a lot of the lessons learned from an agency to, uh, to a call head group. And for you, Stina, you've had to say goodbye to David. Yeah, that was really sad, but we actually still see each other yeah. quite a lot yeah. when we go for drinks together. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to miss each other too much. No, but of course it's not every day, so it's a big, uh, it's a big difference, yeah. <laughs> and how was it for you then, this last period without David by your side? In Night Moves, David was also quite a, a presence in the organization, I've heard. Yeah, that's uh, for sure. So it was uh, for us as a team, of course, it was also a change. But at Night Moves, we, we, the team also grew over the years. So we've been, we became uh, a lot bigger uh, when we started. I think when I started at Night Moves, uh, David was there together with two other uh, people. So it was super small. And at the moment, we're with uh, 16 uh, service designers. So that's really, really a lot. Um, 
And we also, uh, because we're such, uh, we're a bigger company now, we have to make sure that the knowledge we have is, yeah, that all the, the people, the new people working uh, at Night Moves, they also have a chance to, to learn from the people who were there in the beginning. And of course, we still have a lot of, uh, tools and uh, the mindset that David introduced at the company and we're still uh, working uh, yeah, with those uh, things in our heads and we make sure that the new people who come in will also have a lot of experience that we have like a good mix of what we did in the beginning and what we're, uh, yeah, what the skills are of the new people that we, that we bring in. So it's a challenge, but that's what we're, uh, I think what we're, uh, we're doing at the moment and uh, as a growing uh, service design agency we have to do that maybe it's interesting to zoom in on that a little bit um because yeah the, the service design podcast had some years uh, uh yeah, on his name but as well service design as a practice i think especially here in belgium how would you compare like the early days of service design versus the maybe not so early days of service design right now yeah, it's a huge difference in uh, in Belgium. I think when we started, um, we had to fight in the project to even do like one user test or to uh, uh, convince the client that we needed to uh, organize a workshop to have some co-creation or that uh, we have to bring uh, people together in the room, which was uh, huge budgets. So you you invite six people for half a day; it's impossible. And now it's it's for most of the the questions we get, the most of the projects we do, it's it's normal. Like uh, clients even ask, like, can you help us with involving the user? Can you set up co-creation during a project? Can you design a service instead of just designing a digital product? So the, the questions changed uh, a lot during uh, the last, I think, when we, did we start the podcast, David? Seven years ago? Six. Uh, 2016, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Long time ago, yeah. And so we've noticed the podcast has been silent for a while as well. Does this have anything to do with this? Yeah, the growth in demand and how busy you were with responding? Yeah, I think there was a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, um, there's, of course, uh, well, me going to uh, another company <laughs> that gave a good uh, few months of uh, podcast silence. Um, there was also, of course, uh, COVID uh, in this period um, and it was busy I think uh, at night moves. Yeah it was uh, very busy but we we still yeah we wanted to do the the interviews but it we didn't uh, at some point it was harder to find uh, time uh, to uh, organize the interviews but we at the same time it was hard for us to say like we, d we didn't want to quit because it was uh, and it still is a little bit of uh, or baby when we started uh, working together. Um, but then at some point we decided after we went for drinks a couple of times that it was time to uh, to actually transform it to two new hosts because we think it's too interesting and important to, uh, to let go. And uh, we have faith in the two new people that are yeah. going to uh, take on this challenge. Um, I'm looking forward to listening as well. Yes. <laughs> Maybe um, you'll uh, come around for all the technicalities when uh, we have uh, problems with uh, with that. <laughs> but you were, um, yeah, it was super interesting because you were saying, um, I think the, the podcast side's first uh, baby steps in 2016 were almost 2023. If you recall on, among all those years, what are some of the of the memories you have that, that are really fond of you and you, you maybe want to share with the listeners today as well? 
Yeah, maybe the first episodes we did were really funny because we didn't really know how to uh, organize this and uh, how to get the audio quality uh, good. <laughs> so at some point we were in this room because our office is like this old uh, factory building so it has a lot of concrete walls and glass uh, walls so the audio is really uh, hard to get it right. So we, we covered the whole room in jackets from all of our colleagues and then we made this cardboard box or an intern even helped with it and uh, we put some fabric inside and we, we went into the box to record the first uh, episodes. That was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> really with the jackets of the like real life jackets it was in winter so it was really thick jackets so we put it everywhere around us so the yeah and it really worked yeah i mean <laughs> and the the rooms are literally made of concrete and glass the worst place for acoustics uh, ever <laughs> yeah well i think we have a, a big uh, advantage or yeah it's more convenient this way yeah uh, we did some uh, changes here at the office so <laughs> it will be easier now and also uh, the second uh, episode we did with um, Jesse, um, we uh, actually talked about yeah, doing that as a partner with the Service Design Network. And that was a real lucky break at the time, right? Uh, we ended up right from the start having a, a partner in Service Design Network. And that was really cool because suddenly we had a, an audience to, uh, to get our podcast podcast too and I think that really helped a lot in the beginning so I think that's it I feel very grateful for that partnership over the years yeah and that also uh, evolved if evolved into um, us going to the service design conferences and um, interviewing some of the speakers and the guests there and that was really a lot of fun like um, walking around with a microphone and chasing people to uh, ask some questions uh, yeah, that's really, really fun. Yeah, I think you, you guys have been to amazing places, right? Uh, I think Toronto even and some other places. Like, yeah. how was that? Like, how um, how did it go? Yeah, I have very fond memories of us standing ready with two mics and giggling a bit. Like, okay, who are we going to capture next? <laughs> and then just going out to have interesting chats. There was mm -hmm. just whoever we talked to, it always ended up being interesting. Yeah, that was yeah. really good. Or at the airport when you got stuck in security <laughs> with the microphones. Yes, they thought that was a bit <laughs> suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also just being at the conference, there are so many interesting people and we had the opportunity to um, interview some of the keynote speakers and that's really... Uh, yeah, it's really great. You can uh, listen to their inspiring talks and then dive deeper into the topic. And that's what I liked most about the podcast. That yeah, it's an opportunity to speak to to some people that it's yeah you in normal life you wouldn't be able to just uh, do an interview with them. Yeah, it's a great excuse just to get an hour of time with somebody and to ask anything you want to ask. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, that um, yeah, leaves me wondering, we were talking about uh, Night Moves as well in the company and your changes as a designer as well, I think. Um, did some of, of those conversations also have an impact on the work you do um, at home, let's say, and, and also on the projects you, you tackle? Yeah, I think um, almost with every episode we, we ask... Uh, questions that are relevant for us at that moment. So I remember a couple of episodes where we um, 
we dived into some of the projects that we were doing at the moment and asked for some tips <laughs> at, uh, from the, the person that we were uh, speaking to. And that always gave uh, great inspiration for our own projects. So uh, it's uh, super yeah, definitely. impactful. I remember several situations where we, at the end of the podcast, were talking to each other and saying like, we're going to do that at night moves as well. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's really been very valuable and useful. Yeah. Do you have the feeling that something of this podcast also changed you personally? Not just in professional practice, but how you behave professionally, perhaps? Yeah, I think one thing, uh, it has definitely helped me feel more comfortable just asking questions and interviewing, even though I did interviews, you know, uh, for user research, but it, yeah, doing a podcast, it's a more conscious process, the way you talk and how you sound or whatever. I, but it, I think it has had an impact there. And also doing the, the live interviews um, that we did at the conference just has made me a lot more comfortable stepping up to people and just uh, talking to them. So I think it's definitely helped. I think that's one of the first challenges we're going to encounter our, ourselves, actually. Um, I think it's only a few weeks until the Service Design Global Conference in, in Copenhagen. And I, I just heard, actually, David, because we've We've literally not seen each other since eight years. <laughs> and so I just learned that you might be there as well at the conference. Yes, yes. I'm going to be there at the conference too. Look forward to uh, seeing you all there. Right. Yes, Tina. Is it, uh, uh, how did the podcast influence you? And, and did it have an impact as well on your, your maybe personal life or more professional uh, experiences? Yeah, I think because we, we interview a lot of international guests, it also broadens um, our view on service design and introduces us to how uh, service design in Japan or in Mexico is going. For example, we had a, a really interesting guest because we, um, like for a couple of years, we were always interviewing the winners of the service design awards. And this brought us to everywhere in the world. And I think the the international approach and comparing what is going on in Belgium um, and what is going on somewhere else in the world is, is super interesting and makes you reflect on how we do it here and uh, how they do it somewhere else and what we could introduce in, in Belgium as well. So the international um, aspect, I think, has a, had a big um, impact on my own service design work yeah that's so interesting to hear because um yeah for me i'm really i would call myself like a belgian service designer because most of my projects have been for belgian clients maybe some um uh, more international but then let's say european clients and a lot of for the for the belgian or flemish government as well what are like some of the big biggest differences you noticed um, between like international service design? I know it's a very broad term, but um, it would be cool to zo zoom in on, uh, on a couple of differences as well. Yeah, I think um, maybe even more than the differences, I think a lot of the things are quite similar. And for example, we work for a government quite a lot here in, in Belgium and um, every uh, government or every country in the world also has a government and uh, often we, we we've spoken to people that uh, worked for governments in a totally different um, 
country and we actually learned quite a lot on for example how healthcare is organized somewhere else in the world and that's that was super inspiring to uh, to then even though it was um completely different um we could still learn like how they were introducing it there and of course there's a big difference in in maturity and i uh, service design maturity and i think belgium is somewhere in the middle if you compare it so you could always when you talk to some people you could say like oh, we're already doing quite a lot and with other we're like oh we have such a big uh, uh way to go so yeah it was uh always challenging us in both directions yeah that's something that surprised me as well is because when it comes to uh, digital technology we often look at the us as a real innovator and ahead of uh, the curve but when it's service design it's americans are always saying uh, the ones that i ran into at least uh, like oh in europe you're way ahead with service design and um, it's really funny to see how, how actually in europe we are uh, quite uh, progressive when it comes to service design especially in the the north of course but uh, yeah that surprised me my assumption was was that it was different i did notice some of these cultural differences like uh well i haven't interviewed anyone abroad um but working with people in in international companies and yeah david we we both did at, at sony europe for example where we noticed the influence from headquarters a bit further and i'm wondering if that's something that you that you also noticed because you've been of course working for that context much longer than i have way back so do you mean like do i notice that in my in my current position or well there i am at headquarters though so that's a different perspective for me um and i remember indeed uh, that in the past that could be a bit frustrating. <laughs> um, here we are a very Belgian company, of course, so headquarters is not very far away for anybody. But as the, the company has been growing over the last years, I do hear that, that some people, especially the people working in shops, um, they feel a bigger distance with headquarters now than, than there was in the past. And that's something uh, I definitely also see as a challenge for us as service designers to to bring them closer and not to feel far away. Do the people in the shops know that you are there as a service designer and you, that you have a whole service design team, actually? I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, there is a, a company magazine and that has mentioned service design <laughs> once, but I don't know if everybody breeds that in the shops there's also people who who have more short-term contracts um yeah that's difficult to say i'm assuming headquarters must know what you're up to um big new division it's quite a big decision actually is this also a bit tied to the trend that stina and that you already mentioned the growing demand for service design and the um, yeah just demand in the markets as a whole is that something that you experience at Corrid as well? That's internally there is more demand for it as well. Well, it's definitely from from upper management, they want to really focus on on human centered design, human centered organization. So, from that point of view, I think I definitely recognize it. Even top management is aware of what service design is and that they want it in the company. So Can you maybe mm, share one of these? 
challenges that you're cur currently working on? <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of different things, of course. Um, let me think of a good a good example. Um, yeah, one one topic is, for instance, uh, people who start to uh, move in together, uh, young couples. They they are a very interesting uh, customer because they have a they are just at a phase where they are creating new shopping patterns, and if things go well in that relationship, those patterns will last a lifetime. So they are a very important group of people that you want to. Uh, connect to your brand so one project was dealing about yeah, understanding what what moves them what what helps uh, connect those people to them how can we really help them in that phase of their life so that's for instance one sort of challenge uh, that we recently worked on sounds super interesting i mean i think it would be something for us but i, I can see what you're doing yeah <laughs> Yeah, for me as well. I think um, those are those are kind of challenges that, as a, a service and consultant or as an outsider, we also work on for different companies. I I see uh, Stina nodding uh, nodding her head uh, <laughs> very uh, <laughs> actively. You were talking about it earlier, David. That I think uh, there are a lot of experts, so also a lot of data available inside the company. I think for for a first um as a first remark i think in in our projects it's sometimes very difficult to get the right uh, data or the right um, numbers or the right insights to start with um so how, how would you compare that uh, against each other so it definitely yeah that's something i appreciate now is having the access to this data <laughs> and having uh, people i can just ask a question to uh, like how many men at this age uh, do this sort of activity you know it's not really really valuable and especially in bringing uh yeah turning because you know in service design we all know it's very difficult to create the business case around this and to to explain what the value is going to be of, of this way of working but having that data definitely helps in in making yeah assumptions or guesses uh, about impact that can actually be quite close to uh, reality yeah. how do you relate to that stina as maybe the opposite view as as a consultancy agency uh to to maybe work on the same challenges but maybe with uh, with some different tools and with some different uh perspectives as well yeah i think on the one hand uh, our clients also um often or more than um, a couple of years ago, they asked to uh, collaborate on their uh, overarching data models. So we're not only just working on one project, but a question we get is how, if you do this research for one project, how can we use it for other projects? And what if you do three projects, can we connect all the data and make sure we we, we don't start from, from zero? And what if you, you do five projects and then afterwards we take over and we start um, um, training our people in-house to also uh, do, uh, take part in the design projects and make sure that they keep all the insights that we gathered together so it can be reused. That's a, it's a huge challenge, uh, but it's questions we get um more often from organizations and we even see that uh, that some already are succeeding in uh, in collecting the data not just on project uh, level uh, and then i really mean like human-centered uh, data but uh, yeah in a more um, 
big in a bigger project so they can reuse it and uh, measure things over time so and they're often asking the agencies of course to uh, mm -hmm. to help them with that as well yeah of course i can immediately see the value uh, as well um but i'm i'm thinking we were um talking about uh data and 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 experiences like is it something new in service design for you guys being so long in the in the job is it is it something new that the clients ask something new that's come to the table as a challenge for service designers to to work with or has it always been around um i think the question is has always been there like how do we use data that we have how do we use the numbers but the the question to um, apply it uh, to collect user-centered data on a bigger scale in organizations and really take action over time with that data. I think that's um, a quite a new challenge in, in Belgium, or at least for the clients that we, uh, we work for. Yeah, and I think it's not until as a designer you've been involved right from the start in determining what are the data points going to be that we collect so we can actually you know tell a story with this it's not until that phase has been there that you actually have this useful data i think in in design so um and that takes a bit of time so even yeah once you're involved in in <laughs> defining this it's still a few years before that data really has a lot to say and actually you've you've had some data you could already dive in immediately did you have the skills to do so no <laughs> <laughs> no i mean uh, uh, pure amateur level uh you know a bit of common sense looking at data that that i can do that but um no i think you really need an expert uh, yeah i also think that the role of the service designer should be to know when data is needed and how to use it but not per se to uh, to actually find the data and make sure that we create the right models, but just uh, make it concrete and also do something with it, so like uh, translate it into a solution and then uh, brief people about how can we now measure this over time and can you help us with collecting the right data? Is that possible? So I think that the role of us uh, service designers is more to involve the right people who have that knowledge and to also uh, help them in choosing what data is relevant and when we need it to not just uh, do analysis where it's not yeah, necessary. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I also think as a service designer, it's so, so valuable to um, yeah, have the confidence to ask other people for their expertise and really bring them, bring them together and, and identify gaps in who we have to uh, bring to the table. Um, this got me thinking about the conferences as well and maybe the, the changes in service design. We're also talking about uh, international differences. Um, you've been to a lot of conferences. You you've spoke to a lot of different people. Um, did you see um, the term service design evolving during the last five years? Absolutely. I think we saw it evolving where it um, started really from... Um, what service design is uh, personas and customer journeys uh, and it's the tools and the methods it now people really understand no we have to design a service and we cannot just uh, use a persona to design uh, digital products and we make a journey around that, that digital product but actually still just designing the digital products but 
um, designing the full experience and um, not just doing some co-creation in uh, smaller design projects. I think that has evolved hugely. Like uh, it's transformed from being just a couple of tools to an understanding of uh, the need to design like all the touch points and to design uh, one service that you deliver to a user. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think in the beginning, it was really more a, a method, a way of working. And, and it has really uh, evolved into an end-to-end thing where you really start from the strategy of a project to uh, keeping uh, up the service design principles throughout development. Uh, and yeah, really becomes a holistic method, I think, in that way. And uh, that's the story that we told years ago was this holistic story, but in practice, it was uh, only a, a small part of it, I think. And, yeah. yeah, and there's still a long way to go because what we say in an ideal situation, the whole organization understands that together you deliver a service, but of course organizations, at least the ones we work with, are really big and they're not organized like that. Also, the questions we get from um, large organizations, um, it's often one department that writes an assignment and we give an answer to that um, that one assignment. But in an ideal world, uh, management brings together all the different departments and together they launch an assignment. And as an agency, you work uh, overarching um, across the different departments. But in reality, that's uh, still uh, often not the case and what we try to do now is that we at least start with a small assignment and then we try to break it open and through involving different departments in one project um, yeah we uh, with some clients uh, we can evolve to the, the larger more holistic projects and sometimes yeah it's super hard and uh, it's not possible and Sometimes it is, <laughs> but it's it's a big change already, uh, like seven years ago, that uh, we would never be able to bring together all the different departments and design a service together. The, the biggest thing that we would achieve was there was a website and we could bring together management and um, marketing and IT to, to make decisions about that one website together. Mm-hmm. That was a, yeah, that's so interesting you're saying that because I would... I think I'm only uh, working as a quote unquote service designer for like two years, but I can feel myself some struggling with, oh, we need to get more stakeholders, more people, more departments around the table. But I'm, what I'm hearing from you guys, it was like five years ago, it was even more uh, segmented as well. And really like just designing the website and hoping they would see it as a bigger picture. Um, so um, yeah, it, it got me wondering, like, do you have any thoughts about the future of service design uh, as well and, and seeing, changing it to to more yeah organizational uh, I, I think you said it already but maybe some other uh, changes as well well I think uh, the f- fact that um, hey already talks about uh, strategic design I think it's a very logical fit with service design um, so it's more the, the the topics that we are designing I think it's going to be more and more to the top of an organization, really steering the direction of an organization, that that also can be done in a human-centered way. And that service design can uh, can evolve in that direction. So I think just the scope of, of what we design can, can grow. It's also one of the things I think I've 
noticed or sometimes even struggled with finding a direction for myself as a, a designer. Like you, you need to broaden your skill sets, but there's only so much time in a in a day or a week or a year, and where to choose or how to choose where to grow yourself in, and what to leave to others. Um, and also hearing this broadening of skill sets, sometimes you hear this tension of, but I don't want to do this. I don't want to manage the stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Let me just do the design. Is this something you've encountered yourself in choosing your path? Yeah, and as a service designer, you often evolve more into a facilitator role. And I think in at some moments that's a good thing. But we shouldn't um, forget that we are still designers. And um, I think in in too many projects, uh, we also, I think, sometimes made that uh, mistake. We moved too much towards the facilitating role. And we were just um, bringing around people, uh, bringing people around the table, um, giving their opinions. But we were not designing anymore. And I think that's the challenge as a service designer to decide when to capture insights, but when also to make decisions and there to make decisions about the direction to go uh, in and with the input of the people that are important, but you cannot um, let everyone around the table decide together as a designer, you need to take a stand and decide uh, what is the best for uh, the people you are designing for. And I think that's the hardest thing as a service designer to sometimes say, uh, this is what we believe it's the best uh, way or uh, this is how the service should look and to also make that um, concrete so that people can um, evolve um, after that uh, assignment. Yeah. yeah, and that's in my, my experience as well. Uh, I think like visualizing, conceptualizing is so key, even if it's on a post-it or a nap- napkin. Um, just to 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 visualize and and communicate back as well the ideas that are being discussed with the different stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe for you, David, do you see there a difference like now with the uh, we call that group and being more uh, in-house versus let's say external stakeholders? Is it easier to communicate with them, or maybe sometimes more challenging? Or how do you how do you relate to that? It's both. Like as a as an external agency you are a very independent party and they expect from you to to bring advice and experience. So people do listen to you. Um, being on the inside, yeah, you're one of them. <laughs> and uh, some internal politics may be involved or, um, yeah, it can sometimes be, be hard. You have to earn your uh, voice more when you're inside than as an external uh, party. So it's that's a challenge. Uh, what makes it easier is just the accessibility. Uh, you can f- find your way to, to higher management easily. But uh, yeah, there's pros and cons to both. Do you feel like you've grown new skills already to, to deal with that? Yes, I'm definitely still learning. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I am learning different ways of, of navigating through an organization uh, and getting your yeah your beliefs uh, <laughs> throughout the organization. Yeah, that does work in a different way. We've just mentioned broadening the skill sets, um, 
We've mentioned strategic design, even business cases, business design. If you would label yourself today, what what kind of label would you put on yourself? It's going to be uh, very corny, but I, I just call myself a service designer. For me, that uh, captures uh, <laughs> all I wanted to capture. Yeah. When I introduce myself, I also always still introduce myself as a service designer. Of, co of course, my role also evolved um, over the last years into more of a coordinating role of a service design agency. But even that I see as a design role. So I see myself as the service designer of our agency <laughs> and design the, the journey of our clients, um, understand their questions and design an approach that uh, our team can uh, help the client with. So I really uh, still feel uh, like a designer and I think I am a designer, but I just apply it maybe to, uh, to different um, touch points than I used to do a couple of years ago. No, I just wanted to um, to to add on that. Yeah, looking forward to let's say the the um, yeah service design conference in uh, in Copenhagen this uh, October. Uh, it's going to be a physical edition again. It's uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we're all uh, done with all the digital uh, conferences, so it's going to be super super amazing to, to see everybody live there. Um, are there any um, yeah specific things about the conference you're looking forward to? I'm just really looking. Forward forward uh, to seeing some people again that we haven't been talking to for three years so that's gonna be super exciting and just being in a room with a lot of people who believe in the same things and listen to people and get inspired I don't know if I still know how that feels actually no that's true and it's fun because every year we go to a conference you you run into many the same faces it feels like uh, seeing uh, running into old friends again so that's one thing i really look forward to indeed and uh yeah like like you said getting inspired uh you yeah uh, you always forget this feeling uh, before you go to a conference uh, but once you're there seeing everybody passionate about the same thing you can see some things where you can really learn a lot other things you think oh i'm doing okay yeah it's just the, the whole thing is is a nice uh, feeling yeah for me as well i think it's going to be such a nice experience like all those service designers in one room it has to be a, a little bit of a fireworks uh, there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um The theme of this uh, conference this year is, uh, I think, yeah, I have encouraged to uh, design for good. Um, I'm really curious to, 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 yeah, what we're going to learn there. But if you hear that, like, I have encouraged doing good design, what, what does that mean for you? Maybe in a, I think, I know it's a difficult question, maybe a <laughs> philosophical question as well, but yeah. um, uh, maybe in a nutshell, like, what do you think about designing for good? Well, if I think about the, the context I'm working uh, now, uh, feel kind of proud that it's a, a company that really does make an effort to design for good i think um they put a lot of effort into making sure people make healthy choices for instance um it's not choosing the path where you can just make most money <laughs> but choosing a path that is more a win-win for everybody uh, for environment for health uh, for mental health i think uh yeah focusing on small decisions that can have a, a big impact. I think that is uh, what that means for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, we are used to designing for users and that's already 
a good cause by itself, but uh, we need to have, I think, the courage to take it broader, to also make sure that what we design has a positive impact on uh, the environment, but also the differences between people uh, that are getting bigger and bigger. And um, I, I like the topic because it's, um, it's challenging us to uh, also decide on what kind of projects do we want to work on and um, what, it, what should be the focus uh, where we put our design efforts. And um, I'm very curious uh, on yeah, everyone's take on that during the conference. But for me, it means having yeah, the courage to decide uh, to work for the projects that we also think has, have impact on the environment, on the world, on people, uh, and not just uh, human-centered design, but take it a bit broader than, uh, than that. Yeah, of course. And I think, um, yeah, I, we said it before, but we're going to be there as well on the conference. So really looking forward to to capturing and interviewing all the uh, um, yeah, amazing uh, yeah. people who are going to be there. Um, on a note, um, looking forward to doing the interviews you guys have a lot of experience there you really are the uh yeah classical hosts of the service design podcast maybe yeah what kind of advice can you give us uh to uh, to really ace it i would say don't be too prepared i think that was always our approach be uh, spontaneous and just ask the question that pops into your head at the moment and don't be don't prepare it too much because that's the most interesting uh, conversations you will have yeah and i think enjoy it uh, make sure it's something you're doing for fun i think as long as that's the case yeah it will all happen uh, almost by by itself yeah i would say ask questions that, about things that you want to know yourself and then other people's people will find it interesting as well super I really look forward to that. The, yeah, digging into their stories and hearing um, all the answers to all the questions I have, <laughs> chasing people and just asking, blurbing out random questions. Um, I want to thank you for handing over the podcast today. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in again. And yeah, both of us, we hope to, to hear and see uh, you at the conference. And next podcast, of course. Yeah, and we want to thank you to uh, be the two new hosts. I have uh, full faith in that it will be, uh, yeah, we will have some great new episodes. Uh, I think you are both very passionate designers and you will uh, ask the right questions to uh, people. Yeah, I indeed. Thank you uh, for bringing new fresh life into into this podcast and uh, i really look really look forward to being a listener for a change and uh, uh, yeah just want to wish you best of luck thank you and uh, i can say the advice david you gave i had a lot of fun today as well i really asked or tried to ask some questions that really inspire me as well and i, I uh, i'm really grateful for uh, for this opportunity and uh it was a fun talk uh, to have Are we ready for the beers now? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Bring them on.